0: Chub, step, J Pat, Cal, creating the all of the jungle. Steed, Chub, step. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the king of the jungle. This is Dule Hill, A.K.A. Gus, Silly Pants Jackson. But you know what? You can call me the number one fan of the number one podcast in the world, Chubstead. I'm a Swedish plumber. I'm here to fix your pipes. That's good. That's a good accent. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And the show started. Hello. Hello. Easy hello, Steve. Easy hello. I was great try- start. I was so I was trying to think of the uh uh what is it, astrological sign um that yeah, it is right it. now, and I was gonna greet yes. like Tauruses or Leo's or Geminis. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't think of it quick enough. That's fair. Next time, yeah. I I would say you probably like a week to prep to think about what it might be. I know, but I like it to people. be in the moment. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be genuine. My, yeah, the intros. And then maybe once you know we get enough feedback on one, we'll stick with that. Yeah. Okay. I'd agree. Lots to talk about here. Uh, first, I just want to talk about commercials are always stand out to me. This is not a long conversation here, but I just hate all the spokespeople for different commercials. Like, I don't need a Jan from Toyota or a Flow from progressive or a yeah uh Jake from State Farm like I don't need any of those people like give me give me some variety i like I I don't know if I think in their mind it's like oh I associate this person who I think is funny or cool with the brand and they've got some you know yeah it humanizes it a little bit like oh this is the representation of our company yeah it's it's, per, it's Flo she's so sweet and she's so sweet and that's nice. how the company is cuz that's how she is it's like, I, they always annoy me. They're never funny. I've never laughed at one of those commercials. The people are always like, yeah, w- a little weird looking. Like, I don't, I don't know yeah. I, Well, know. The looks have nothing to do with it, but like. The one from AT&T, what's her name? Oh, my God. Mi- you know yeah, m- the... Milk Mummy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't She's know She's the what only her, exception. I, well. <laughs> she, uh. Okay, but even her, she yeah. Oh my god, yeah. She's she very funny. She thinks she's very funny. It's not the commercials are never funny. Like no. I would rather just look at a picture of a cell phone for thirty seconds and then have it move on to the next picture. Yeah, maybe some that. specs. Yeah, give me no, some. There's specs no on the specs phone. anymore. I I don't know no. what I'm buying. No, no. I mean they they really don't do specs on a lot of things. I don't, and also like, I understand they talk about the deals. Like that's a lot of times what these uh, commercials are talking about is like, oh, here's the deal on this and the deal on this, because in in general you're getting the same phone from one company to another, right? Yeah. Um, So I get that that's the differentiating factor, but like, I don't need, I don't need it. I just, I don't think they're funny. I think it's bad writing. They're trying to appeal to a large audience, and. I don't know, maybe comedy is just not the best way to do it because it just annoys me. When bad comedy annoys me more than no comedy. I, you know, you're right. It's like, <clears throat> I think I've talked about it. Uh, 1-800-GOT-JUNK commercials. Yes. I've went off a few times about it and, you know, just off the air. Um, I, I think I've done it once on the air. I hate their stupid commercials so much. I yeah. would i've said it before i even if i got junk i'm not calling them yeah and cars for kids the second i hear it i flip to a different radio flip to a different radio station like you've instantly turned me off yeah those kids uh i have big problems with them they're one they're not playing the instruments at all yeah Uh, get some talent get some talented kids in there yeah if you want me to give you a car yeah, that's the thing. I And I have a good segue for talented kids Um, going into a Chub history, if we want to get into that. Oh, I mean, you got it. Chub steps, or <laughs> segues are big money podcast moves. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to talk about a talented kid here. Uh, I brought it up as a potential topic a few weeks ago, and I talked about a 50 singers love life, which in theory does not sound like anything that would be appetizing to somebody. But this is interesting. I'm talking about Frankie Lyman of Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers, Steve. I think I've heard of um, Frankie Lyman before. <clears throat> he had he had one big song that I would say probably most people would know. And it starts off with the uh do bop da da Why do fools fall in love? You know, like that. Can you do that in ASMR? Um, why do fools sing <laughs> why do birds sing so gay I don't know all the I would have to know the words <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a little bit here let me look it up why do birds sing so gay and lovers await the break of day why do they fall in love why does the rain fall from above why do fools fall in love why do they fall in love Okay, there we go. That's <laughs> ASMR of the song. So Frankie Lyman <laughs> and the Teenagers. Uh, everybody, every singer group was the teenagers, like some sort of relation to teenagers <laughs> in the 50s. It was a big thing. A lot of songs about girls who were 16 and 50, you know, it's, it's a little disturbing yeah. when we go back and look at this well, song. You know, those guys were probably only like 22. So back in the 50s, well, that's probably reasonable. In in this case, this is why we're talking about talented kids. Frankie Lyman, when that song came out, was 14, 13 or 14. Okay. Um, He was born in 1942. It came out in 1956. So he was of the group called the Teenagers, Ring Lemon Teenagers. And uh, he ended up having basically one big album. He tried to do a solo career, didn't really work out. uh, Ended up overdosing from heroin at the age of 25 rough life for him tough yeah tough life uh in this period of time basically between uh the song coming out and his death he meets a series of females uh those ladies being named uh elizabeth walters zola taylor and amira eagle so, he meets this uh, Elizabeth Walters in Philly. I believe it was in Philly. But, basically, he meets this first girl. You know, they fall in love. They get married. Right? This all happens. Uh, and then, basically, you know, he ends up dying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little back and forth, a little time travel okay. here. Basically, uh Diana Ross came out with a remake of Why Do Fools Fall in Love in 1981? It was a top 10 chart topper. So people, you know, so his wife is like, hey, I should be getting some money from this, right? I should yeah. have the rights to his music. This goes on. She brings up a lawsuit against the his former uh producer Morris Levy. And when this happens, she says, Hey, I'm his wife. I'm the rightful heir to this. You know, we should get this done. As that happens. Two other girls come <laughs> forward and say, I'm Frankie Lyman's wife. <laughs> oh. I was his wife when he died. So so I actually found the original 1986 Chicago Tribune article. Uh, but they also made a movie about this called Why Do Fools Fall in Love with Vivica Fox and uh, Halle Berry. Oh. Um, now, the movie is not fantastic other than it tells the story. The worst part about the movie is Every time they're singing, it's very obvious that it's the actual recorded song and not the guy. Oh, <laughs> no. like That's terrible. Like, the guy talks normal, and all of a sudden he has this super, like, this kid-like voice when he's singing. <laughs> really doesn't make sense. But, uh, so basically, three girls come forward and say, hey, I should have the rights to the music. <laughs> I'm his wife. So three different women are claiming this, but he's dead. So how could he say who his, his wife was? That's so tough. the first girl, this Elizabeth Walters... Um, she was married to him, but she was not divorced from her previous husband. Oh, so that's going on. Big but I mistake. think they actually had a kid together also. But so that's one thing. Then there was another girl like this was he got married like a year or two later um, to Zola Taylor, who was the only female singer in the platters, which they have a couple songs that people would know. Um, These are these are all 50 songs, obviously, because. Oh yes, I'm the great pretender who <laughs> pretending that I'm doing well My need is such I pretend too much I'm lonely, but no one can tell. The great pretender was one of their songs <clears throat> they've had they had a lot of hits anyway, in the fifties so his second wife is uh Zola Taylor uh they get married in Mexico. <laughs> Yeah. Conveniently, the carrot barely the uh, courthouse that they got married at uh, was burned down, and the records were destroyed, Ooh. or whatever, right? So they could basically couldn't find any evidence that they'd actually married. Plus, he was still married to the previous girl; they'd never divorced. Yeah, but that one didn't count technically because she was already married. Exactly the issue with all this. So <laughs> then <laughs> he leaves her apparently. He leaves this girl in such a bad scenario. She, according to the movie, and I, I'm trying to find other evidences because she did say this. I, I don't know exactly how it played out, but in the movie, this is how it played out. Uh, she leaves for like some trip. She li- has like a house in the Hollywood Hills, and apparently, she does claim this is what happened. But she had the house in the Hollywood Hills. She lives. Hi- she leaves him, her husband, with some money to pay like the mortgage and stuff like that while he's gone, right? Yeah. She comes back from her like tour. Comes back and the house is just condemned empty (laughs) boarded up didn't pay the mortgage took the money and he's gone and he's gone (laughs) so he leaves um joins the army he was in fort gordon in georgia for training and uh he ends up going awol and gets dishonorably discharged and while that's going on he meets a third girl uh that was Amira eagle so he meets she was a school teacher and he gets married to her. Uh, but again, he, this is now his third wife uh, that he's married to without divorcing the other two. Mm, Turns yeah. out they don't do a lot of like cross-state checking on things. You know, it's uh, got to be tough back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Before the internet. So, you're, you're not just calling <laughs> courthouses. Yeah. So, But they did actually have the documentation for that and all that. But because he's married twice, how could that be illegal? Marriage. So, what they ended up ruling was that the first wife was his rightful heir to the music. Oh, boo. Yeah. But uh, that got appealed in 1989 and got sent to the third wife who was married oh. to him without being, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, they ended up saying they didn't end up even getting that much money because they had to do this was such a long court battle. Oh yeah, <laughs> and like all the lawyers' fees and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't, you know, it didn't end up working. Isn't that out. crazy how lawyers? They're like, oh, you didn't even end up making money, and the lawyers are like, well, we yeah. did, baby. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. No, it's a good deal. Good deal for them. Uh, there was one other part with this, so that was obviously a wild story. Just you know, guy, <laughs> keep in mind, married three women, and he died at the age of twenty-five. Yeah like just wild Damn. wildlife he was kind of a piece of shit uh turns out sounds like but, it just yeah. a little and so right basically a couple months after he married that last girl he went back to new york tried to get his music career back together got back on heroin i think it was his first time doing it in a couple of years and ended up overdosing so but the last thing with this their producer Wrote his name on the uh, as, as the co writer with Frankie Lyman for their hit song, not the other two guys that actually did write it that were in the band, The Teenagers. Oh my god, and so <laughs> they end up suing this guy and like say, Hey, we haven't gotten any money from this song, you know, like actual like <laughs> royalties on the song Jeez. that we made. And they win the, the case, but then it got appealed later and got reversed because it was after the statute of limitations. Oh my god. So these guys just got screwed, and basically this producer had nothing. Uh, you know, nothing as far as writing the song, yeah, got all the writing credit. His name is still on the writing credit, Frankie Lyman and Morris Levy. <laughs> so just a lot of shitty uh, music producers, especially god. back in the day. What's her... Whoever remade that song is probably like, why did I... I should have just not touched it. Yeah. Diana Ross? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i sure, I sure she had no idea what was actually going on. Yeah, and then she's like, oh my god, this stupid song... Yeah, luckily I think she stayed was able to stay out of it. One last fun fact for this. Um little Richard who's just an insane looking person. Um do you know little Richard? I think so. Yeah, He's got he, crazy hair. He, yeah, crazy hair, like a mustache, little pencil thin mustache. Uh he sings Tutti Fruity. Oh, wonderful. Uh, great amazing song. <laughs> uh but he was friends with Frankie Lyman. He appears in the movie multiple times as himself. Uh because they, they toured together when they were younger. Uh, fun fact, that's it for Chub History, Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers, A Love Story Gone Awry. Wow, great Chub History. Yeah. I'm learning I'm learning a lot. Yeah. Uh, you look lovely. Is that Blossom Ann Taylor? Uh, no. <laughs> well, someone should tell Ann Taylor because they have a very similar one. What are you even trying to go for with this? Ah, I shot for Chrissy and Ann Taylor. I'm just saying, I think they'd be very interested in knowing that someone's selling a cheaper version. How do you know this was cheaper? Because I shopped for Chrissy at Ann Taylor, idiot. It could be nicer, Dillweed. It's not! Uh, What's something you want to get to, Steve? So, Jay, this is a chub um, social... uh, What's the word? Crisis. Okay. Um, Are American men becoming weak? Mm Mm-hmm. Are you asking me that? Yes. Or is this just like no? I'm I'm plan. asking you. Yeah. It depends on what you mean by strong, right? Uh oh, I just said weak. I didn't even oh, say or, strong. Yeah, but I mean, strong is the opposite of weak. So yeah, it depends true, on what you mean true. by weak. Depends on what you mean by strong. Um. Well, Jared Tucker, Tucker Carlson, uh, critically acclaimed Fox News host thinks uh American men are becoming a little too weak. Hmm. Um. So we made a documentary uh, called "The End of Men," and it's about how uh, you know um, American men are becoming weak and blah blah blah. Uh, and he put out a a trailer for this movie, and it yes, is and uh, I watch a trailer. Yeah. Yes, it is uh, just the gayest thing <laughs> <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, very homoerotic. I yeah, it's there's multiple images of some guy that seems to have like a tanning thing. I mean, it's got to be a little. It's I got to think. be a joke thing, right? Is this? Yeah, no, this is serious. On his genitals, I <clears throat> I would have to I would have to watch the actual thing because the trailer you cannot you can't tell if it's like yeah it's like <laughs> people taking ice baths and it's people it's there's a guy milking a cow. Yeah, just all of just just all the dudes wood. are shirtless. All the dudes Everybody's are shirtless, shirtless. and yeah, rich. Chopping, <laughs> chopping wood with there's a double There's two guys that backs. just like are violently wrestling, a shirtless, of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> there's just like all these ridiculous, like shirtless dudes. And it's about how like men are becoming soft. And it's just like so funny that like some Fox News guy who's like. You know, saying oh, dudes need to be like tough and whatever, mm-hmm. and then you watch their video and it just comes off as <laughs> like, are you, you like you like dudes a lot, man. Uh, <laughs> it it that is interesting. Uh, yeah, I would be curious what his like. What does he do that is so masculine? Like, it, oh, I know. I don't know anything <laughs> about his personal life. I'm just curious. Does he? Does he know how to fix up a? These are I'm assuming these are stereotypical things. Does he know how to fix up a car? Could yeah. he? Does he actually chop his old wood? Uh, how much of these things that he's talking about in this does he do? I, I am curious. Yeah, and uh, he's probably. I'm gonna Google him shirtless right now. Um, okay. I'll soft let you know body. The, you're thinking? the results. I'm thinking soft body. Um, let's see. Apparently uh he has no shirtless pics so he is he's a soft body. I'm going to say that right now. That's true. Hard bodies show shirtless pictures of themselves. Yeah, there would be a couple beach pics. Uh he's a hard hard soft body. Yeah. <clears throat> Anderson Cooper. Hard body. I could see that. I don't know I'm, I'm looking I, at... I don't know why he came up. With. Oh, he's another news personality i uh yeah steve it's hard you're right i cannot tell from the suit all the pictures i'm seeing are in suits here's the deal i think if you if you make the proclamation like this right if he thinks people should be a certain way or something like that i just need to see evidence that he's following along with that yeah yeah i don't like this (laughs) i'm all for people having opinions on you know like how people should be or you know you know, more people should be like this, or we're losing this sort of skill set in the world, right? Mm-hmm. I mean but uh at the same time I want to see you and again, he might do it. I don't know. For all I know, you know, I, I have no idea. I'm just curious. I want to see how much he's featured in this documentary. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Easy yeah. easy to say, oh, guys are becoming soft. Come on, be cool. Yeah. Um But yeah. <sighs> It's just so like just looking at the shot of a guy milking a cow and there's no bucket under the cow, so yeah. it's just it's just clearly a staged. Yeah. He's just squirting the <laughs> milk on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it's oh a funny god. video. Watch it if yeah. you have uh, two minutes. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is pretty funny. And again, I don't know if it takes a comical look at it. I'm not sure at all. Steve uh, thinks just no. Just knowing the what I know about, he's a very conservative guy yeah yeah but doesn't mean he wouldn't have a sense of humor yeah i guess that's true i'm curious yeah i am curious to uh to see what is uh so i guess are yeah are people changing people are changing but there's also a lot more people so it's like does the actual does the actual amount of people like if we look 100 years ago does the actual number of people that know how to cut down you know how to chop a log in half is that amount yeah that amount's probably going up Really, just be just physically from the amount of people that we have in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In America, are you talking about the percentages of people that chop wood? Yeah, it is probably less, but it's also like it's just a factor of the environment, right? I mean, like uh, yeah, we don't have wood. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have a fireplace. I have an electric fireplace. Yeah, and it's, so it, it's beautiful. Now, do I still know how to do it? Yes, I do. <laughs> but uh, but I get people that don't grow up in those environments what i find a lot is that it's not that a lot of people don't like doing something uh it's that they've never had the experience to do it yeah right that's like like milking a cow or chopping wood or something like that yes you're not gonna drive out to the woods and just cut a tree down for no reason yeah like i'm sure that my grandpa knew how to do a lot more things on the farm because he grew up on a farm in iowa But that doesn't mean that I wouldn't do those things if I also worked and lived in that environment. You know, I think people are just kind of a product of how they grow up, obviously. So if you don't grow up on a farm like people just don't like the percentage of people that live in farms 100 years ago is way higher than it is now in in America. So it's like, yeah, there's going to be a lot less people that do that. Does that make them softer? I don't know, because I think if they grew up in a different environment, they would probably be the same way. So I don't know if it does. That's yeah. my thoughts. Uh, I, I'd agree. I would like more hard bodies rolling around. Um, I'm not mad at hard bodies. Don't get me yeah, wrong. That's just me. I mean, so I'll, I'll fund him or whatever if I got to donate to this documentary. But yeah, that's just so I can <laughs> yeah. see hard bodies all the time. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, speaking of uh, milk, you're talking about milking the cow. Yes. I got a comment from Chubstep Jude, who's been on the show. He said that anyone over six feet likes milk. That's the cutoff. And I know you're over six feet, and you don't I necessarily like milk, feet. so that might not be the a great indicator. I like milk. Oh, for me? Or milk? Uh, for, for milk. Uh, so th- the thing is, I did drink milk in my younger years. Okay. And I am pro-chocolate milk. Okay. Uh, because I just don't think that it comes from a cow. Like, there's no way. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's so <laughs> separated from... Yeah. Yeah. Like, in my mind, it doesn't even come from a cow. Like, there's no nipple involved in the chocolate milk process. Yeah. Um. Do people over six feet... I'd say most people over six feet probably drank milk uh, as a baby. Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right, so... The likeness so maybe it's shorter people that have the the more hatred towards Yeah. I milking. think th- between three and six if you don't drink milk at all, those are the appropriate years for milk. Three to six years old. And if you skip it, you're gonna be like four foot nine, probably. Okay. I think that's a fair I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, so feed your kids some milk. Come on, son. Was there I had some Tanzania news, Steve, if you want to get to that. Yeah. The infection causes immediate respiratory failure and scientists claim that the patient is now transmitting You know what fugazi is? fugazi, it's a fake Yeah, fugazi, fugazi, it's a wusi, it's a wusi, it's a Very nice What are you, from Tanzania? Yes, I am this is cool and lame at the same time here's some tanzanian news record-breaking tanzanian ruby exposed in dubai oh so this wait <laughs> ruby exposed does not mean the same thing when it comes to uh rocks and stuff It doesn't mean like somebody exposing themselves for the oh record. so the rock is not shaped like a large penis It is not, and it actually kind of has clothes on as much as rocks can have clothes on in here because it's a rough ruby, which means it's not heated, it's not treated. So it it actually looks lame. It's 8,400 carats. That's how big this is. That seems big. How big is a carat? 8,400 carats. I know from having to buy diamond engagement rings how big a carat is, but in general it doesn't... um, (laughs) 84 is it like 30. weight or is it um i think it's a size thing 2.8 kilograms that's pretty heavy that's that's heavy for oh my god could you imagine a diamond worth whatever six pounds yeah six pounds so here's what it says about it Ooh, it is uh i, it I be, just found it yeah. you found it yeah 121 million dollars they're expecting it to be auctioned for Oh, my God. $120 million. But here's the thing about it. It looks lame. It does look pretty lame. Yeah. Like, I understand that it's this massive ruby, and I and they're saying that what part of what makes it rare is that it's not treated and all this stuff. But guess what? When it's not treated, and it's not shiny. It looks like it, shit. It just looks like a shitty rock. It's like a little bit red on the middle. It looks yeah. like a normal big rock with a little bit of red in the middle. And... uh like if somebody started to display this, you're like this, this <laughs> like I'd rather have one that's a little bit smaller that has the cool ruby cut to it. Yeah. Like this. This looks like shit to me. Yeah, I mean, the only way you can make this particular rock look cool is if you polished. Because I assume that's how you make it look ruby cool is if you polish the outside. So yeah. if you polish that one red spot, that might be cool, but it probably would still look crappy because. of it just looks like limestone or whatever. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it looks really bad. Uh, I'm not paying 120 mil for that. No. Yeah, like, what are you going to put it on? Your freaking clock or something? I know. You can't wear that. You can't even wear it, so you had to just display it how it is displayed here. They're touring it around a few different countries so people take a look at it because they know nobody's going to buy it without taking a look at it first. Yeah. (laughs) So. The, uh... I mean, I could see, like, Jeff Bezos buying it and, like, putting it on his yacht, his mega yacht, as just, like, a cool thing. Maybe, like, a lamp or something. You could make a lamp out of it. Yeah. I don't know how, but, you know, you get light going in there. Yeah, Bezos and then could be- then Bezos could be like, hey, this is my $120 million ruby lamp. It's the biggest yeah. ruby ever in the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Still, it's still lame, though. I'm not a fan. Yeah. Well, there's a girl at school. she's she hot? And she's super smart. Hot? Funny and cool. Hot? Yes, she's hot. Super hot. Nice. So I had a pretty big wake-up call um, a few weeks ago. I went to a party hosted by a gay man. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm like, oh, there's going to be so many dudes there. I'm going to get hit on so much. Like, I'm so handsome. Yeah, I have this yeah, big yeah. mustache. You know, I I look like a daddy um, with my bald head. Uh, it's going to be great. You know. Yeah. And big wake up call. I I didn't get hit on once. Oh no. <laughs> so wake up call. No. You're not as attractive in the gay community as you thought you were. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And you know that's tough. Yeah, that that is tough. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one thing to be um, not attractive to, like, your preferred, I guess, gender. Yes. But you always want the other one... To like maybe like you too a little bit. Just for a little confidence boost. Yes, yes, yes. You're, you're, you're like I'm not interested in other men. But I want men to be interested in me. That are interested in other men. Yeah, just in case. Yes. What if I get amnesia? And then I wake up and um it's John Hamm standing in front of me. Yeah. And I go, I like that. But he doesn't I, like you. Yeah, but it, that doesn't matter. Because I oh god that would crush me yeah no i know from my amnesia state yeah yeah it's well i am really sorry to hear that dude i know that's uh that is a tough one but luckily that is not your preferred choice so yeah i would say if you had to pick one or the other i would pick you know guys do not like you as much as girls yeah i don't know guys are just so cool you know Sports I know. Sports and everything, and just like high fiving and whatever. Um, yeah, it'd be a great place to you know meet, just meet some dude friends. Um, but whatever, I'll move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that, Sid. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it's okay. Um, so this is my segue, and this one's for all the female listeners out there. Ooh, all right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I just know. talked about John ham right? <laughs> yeah. Did you know that he was uh, involved in making pornos before his big break? I don't think I've heard that with Sylvester Stallone. I've never heard that with John. That actually, that was crazy that (laughs) I learned a bunch of these. I was listening to the radio and they were just naming a bunch. And I was like, oh, my God, all these people. Um, Yeah, Sylvester Stallone, which I kind of want to watch. I have a feeling it would be so old it would be unwatchable. It's it's softcore, too, so there's no... Okay. Um, I don't think you see his ween. Okay. Not like Ben Affleck in Gone Girl. Um, yes. <laughs> or uh, Bradley Cooper in Nightmare Alley. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. I gotta check that out. Yeah. Big fan of Hanging Dawn. Um, I don't want to see your penis. So yeah, John Hamm. Uh, go go look it up. Look up Sylvester Stallone. Um, if you're a Chandler Bing fan, who is Chandler Bing? He's on Friends. Okay, uh, Matthew oh. Perry. Yeah, Ma- okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he was in. He was in some porn. Um, I think there was one other. Oh, uh, Ari Gold's wife on the show Entourage. She's the other big one. That is interesting to be able to go from... They, also, I'm sure when these there people was, were... These, yeah. Or, I'm sure this has not happened really anymore like that. Because... Not in the same way. Because I'm sure when the people did that, they were, like, young and they did not... The internet didn't exist. Like, all the people yeah, you're talking about yeah. are old. Right? I mean, yeah. they're like... Oh, yeah. All older people, they were like, oh, yeah, this is never... I'm going to do this. It's a brand up country. Nobody even Nobody's ever going to see it. And even if they do, it's ever going <laughs> to, like, catch fire. And now it's like... Oh, yeah, all of that is on the Internet. It lives for it. But how could you do something? You would no idea this even would exist. Obviously, if you do exist, <laughs> they probably wouldn't have done this. And then that happens. You're like, oh, my God. What? <laughs> but it, I would say it all worked out for them, right? Yeah. And, I mean, pretty much all the, like, the big names that were on there were in, like, you know, Skinamax stuff. Um, so it wasn't like they were, you know... Doing any of the crazier stuff, uh, if you catch my drift. So, and I guess that's on like Showtime or whatever, or it used to be on its own network channel. Probably open some doors in its acting. Yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta fake it. That's pretty tough to act out convincingly. Yeah, break. You know what? Break the stigma. Break the stigma. I like it. Break the stigma. And it, it again worked out, so might not be the ideal starting scenario that they would have hoped for, probably when they came to Hollywood or whatever, but it worked out. So, yeah, good win win. Good on them, good on them. Don't double click that iPhone headphone and skip this podcast because we'll be right back with more Chub Step. Oh, I haven't done this in forever. I'm gonna do a quick Jeff Goldblum movie review. Oh, hi, hi, hi. into his pocket. <laughs> I'm gonna get my gold bloom on. That is one big pile of shit. Goldblum is content. Uh, people always ask me how I pronounce my name, Gold bloom or Goldblum. Uh I always tell them the same thing. How dare you speak to me. Okay. It, it's been a while since I did any movie review. I'll start getting back on them soon here. Uh, but here's a show called Joanne Brown is here. Now Joanne Brown is starring Joanne Barron. So just slightly change her name. Yeah, I like when they do that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a, from what I can tell, this is basically just found online, like it's just through Facebook or just through her website, things like that. I I don't think it was ever shown on an actual uh, network. So I watched this. It's not very long. It's not even like a full episode length thing. It is featuring Jeff and his wife, uh, Emily Livingston. And basically, she meets them backstage after Jeff, one of Jeff's things. Um, and you can tell it's improvised because there's some weird gaps. Like, yeah. It, <laughs> imp- I like improv a lot when it's done correctly. Um, and I'm sure this could have done, been done correctly. But like, when you know it's improv and you're watching this, there's just like some weird gaps. And it's like, what are they doing? Yeah. And it just kind of takes away it's it was not funny by the way. This is bottom <laughs> tier. I'm just going to start this by saying Oh no. Watches. Um but uh I I again I like improv a lot, but I think what improv in a television sense works the best is when they kind of have a script and sometimes people are allowed to improvise with it. So they take multiple takes and they take the funniest take. You've seen that sometimes in outtakes of movies where they'll there's the same line but he will finish it differently like five different times because he's trying out different things yeah it works well with that with somebody who's, who's really skilled at it. doing like a whole improvised sketch thing has to be done by like everybody there has to be just a pro at improv and it's just it's not easy to be done even like those improv shows a lot of times they're bad like wild and out those kind of ones um what was the whose line yeah, is anyway? It's, like, it's tough be- to be like so consistent on those. Yes, exactly. Whose line is anyway? Would have some funny moments, and also some terrible moments. Like, yeah, uh, it, it, that's just how it is because you're you're trying out new things. You're thinking of it on the spot. So for this to make like a legit improv TV series has to be so good, and it just what it just didn't. It just wasn't there. Um, wasn't making me laugh uh, again. I like improv. I've seen. I like to see improv shows when I can. There's a really, really impressive one in Chicago that I've seen a few times called Improv Comedy Shakespeare. I think that's what it's called. It's from the IO Comedy Network. The guy that uh, plays the main guy in Silicon Valley, uh, Middleditch, I don't Uh, know what his name. The the curly hair? Yes. uh, Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I think uh, Thomas Middleditch. So he actually, one of his starts was as, in Chicago, um, as an improv comedy Shakespeare guy. That show is like insanely funny. And like that is just like a local thing not recorded. It doesn't have Jeff Goldblum in it. And that's like a million times hundred. And that's like a couple hours long and you're watching this improvised uh, Shakespeare show that's all yeah. funny. And that's like, yeah, that was way better than whatever I just watched. Don't watch okay. it. Bottom tier for me. Oh, Joanne Brown is here. Joanne Brown is gone. That's what I'm going to say. That's how I'm going to end that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's tough, but you gotta gotta be fair to the gotta be fair. Uh Alright, we're gonna wrap it up there, Steed. Uh, ready? Alright, so people can email the show chubstep.podcast at gmail.com We love those emails. Also, rate the show on Spotify. Even if you don't listen on Spotify, it means a lot to us if you go to Spotify and give the show five stars there. Uh, it helps us with other people finding our podcast, things like that, so please do that. Um, and the show has ended. Be gone. Now, you know, you got to go. Peace. This is Yasin.